Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to the first official People I Know podcast. This is your man J.D. Weatherspoon here, live and in effect from 202 Creates office over here in lovely Southeast D.C. I'm with the lovely Annika Young. Hello. How you doing today, Ann? Oh, man. It's, it's a good day in the, in the District of Columbia. Indeed, the sun is out. The I always count my out. blessings when that happens mm-hmm. because I know those days are numbered. So it's like, even if it's cold and windy, we still got to make it outside. Uh, yesterday, like last night, I really thought like Dorothy, Toto, the Tin Man, like <laughs> the wind was doing <laughs> the a most. whole Kansas City uh, situation. I lost a banana tree. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Not um, one of my joints over, like right on the porch. We had to RIP it. <laughs> Um, a neighbor's Halloween decorations were in the yard this morning. Like, I oh, it. you live across the street that away. Like you, you can hear the building yeah. when the wind comes through. Yes, okay. that that part. Well, no, it's beautiful today. It's almost like um, last night didn't happen. Yeah, winds of change, man. It's like they blew the new season in, so it's officially fall now. Yes. But no, so we are here to talk about more important stuff than the weather. Speaking of forces of nature, you just dropped a project recently. I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. It's called Noise. Okay. Um, I was asked by a DCPS uh, school counselor to create a program for alternative students. And the only, the only thing I knew to do was uh, to create a program in which we could shape or at least expose the next filmmakers to the business. So we created a story lab Mm -hmm. and uh, spent four sessions going over the fine points of storytelling um, with the students, and then we decided to make a film. So the the course culminated in filmmaking. And, uh, yeah. So in the middle of, like, getting all of that done, you are making a movie. Um, first of all, like, what is noise? What's the basis of it? What inspired you to write it? Like, let's get delve into that. I spent some time at the at the school with the students, and I was in a position to really observe them. Right? These are yeah. these are, for all intents and purposes, these are children. Okay, mm-hmm. the alternative school's ages, I think, sixteen to I think the oldest you can be is like twenty three, twenty four. Gotcha. Um, and I watched, and it's like these are these are they're dealing with adult problems with an adolescent brain and then I specifically looked at the young men and understood inherently that they were shouldering things Mm -hmm. things that felt and looked heavy but they didn't have the tools to articulate and so in the um aftermath of me too and and just a spotlight being put on inappropriate interactions and the protection of women um I thought to myself who's protecting young men mm-hmm. we're not having that conversation enough um i do know that uh, young men struggle with way more than they can articulate and then yeah. talking about feelings is a thing right mm-hmm. um young men especially young black men let's be real clear aren't encouraged to talk about unpack and delve into their feelings so i wanted to get into the mind of a high school student a high school young person a young male and in noise is exactly what you're hearing. It's negative conversations 
and impressions and thoughts of oneself being played on loop so much that it's louder than your higher or better self. So it's so much okay. noise, it's so much chaos, you can't even get to being solution oriented and it's all internal. So we wrote this um, short piece and um, I felt so compelled to do it. I just felt like it was so necessary. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you did call it noise because it's sort of a cacophony, right? Like you have this this odd symphony of, of just voices in Distortion. your head. Well, yeah, at first I wasn't sure whether or not it was an acronym because it's, it's like all caps. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what's deeper behind it's the It's so story? loud. It is. Yeah. And then when you watch how it opens and the N comes, well, mm-hmm. that's how the first negative thought comes in. And then the O comes up the rear and then the I and then the S and the E and, the, and then the chatter gets louder. Yeah. So the opening um, graphic and animation, if you will, is just distortion in conversations that other students have had with this young man. Yeah. His mother and father, um, mother says, you know, I don't, I don't have time for this, Demarco. I have, I have other kids to worry about. Dad, yeah. you know, you need to man up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a girl he's interested in saying, if you're not spending money, then I don't have time for you. you know, teammate saying, coaches don't even come and see you play. Nobody comes to see you play, and just that distortion getting louder and louder what is he to do at that point so the young man who plays uh demarco is demarco one and demarco two same same young guy goes to suit in high school tyrell watkins um he's an aspiring actor he's been acting since the ninth grade and he was so well suited to play that part but i also have to shout out his uh body double yeah because to get the shot the way we wanted to get the shot he had a double to read his lines off of and both of those young men had to uh, memorize the parts and i was concerned about their mental health i kept checking on tyrell how are you trying to embody both of these parts yeah um so i made sure to check in he's like the he was able to do the stronger demarco right the mm-hmm. demarco too very well but it was really hard for him to put the emotion into the first one so it was easy to encourage himself interestingly enough but it was really yeah. hard to take the emotion that actually sticks out to me because it's typically easy for people like speaking to the actors that I do know the few like three mm-hmm. they do mention that anger um, self-pity those are you know typically emotions that are relatively easy to tap into encouragement pride self-accountability being someone's default says a lot about the person how did you actually get him to get into the more self-destructive role because even though this young man comes from a from a fine home, his parents are supportive. He gets amazing grades. He's not your typical seventeen year old boy. Yes. Um, but even he admitted to dealing with some noise, and so he was able to go into that deep place to be able to channel that part. What Demarco won in the screenplay is dealing with is not something Tyrell had to deal with specifically, but he gets it. He mm-hmm. was able to get it. So I appreciate him for that for taking himself into a darker place and even allowing himself to sit with his own things, right? This, mm-hmm. Even though it looks like this young man has everything going for him, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure in that. He's a second born. Um, there's high hopes and expectations for his life and, his, and you know his own expectations of himself. That's a heavy burden. Yeah, that's my next one. Just thinking about back to when I was a teenager and you know, sort of, I guess uh, what I'm learning to be the atypical 17 year old. Um, for me, that was a standard because it was, it was sort of explained that there was no other expectation level. So I thought everybody did that. Um, realizing that it's the people who push the most and are, I guess, the most actively involved 
who can be some of the most troubled internally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so how did you deal with it? Like the expectation was the expectation, right? And mm-hmm. there was no conversation about you entertaining any of the prospects other than you do your very best at all times in success. How did you manage whether you could live up to that expectation? Honestly, badly. Okay. Um, so it was, it was very much um, a land of two extremes. Mm. And so you see that you're supposed to represent this. However, like for me, I don't necessarily consider where I live to be the hood. It just so happened that when you look at like the zoning for the city, you realize that um, like everything was going on like two to three miles around my house in that radius. So initially that was your perception of how the world was because that's what was happening next door and down the street. Um, and then you move out and... Um, you realize that there's a much larger world out there. However, you sort of live with that schism of your expectations for yourself versus what you see a lot of people that you grew up with doing. And you sort of play the Clark Kent Superman role until, you know, that bridge breaks because it's just too heavy to play both Mm. ends. And then you realize that's not the method and you have to find a way to unify both hemispheres of the brain. And imagine not having that support system that you were fortunate enough to have and managing all that. Exactly. That's when self-destructive behavior comes into play. That it, is it's where, hard to judge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then I think, um, and sadly, I didn't come into this until I was, you know, way into my years on this earth, is that we all arrive to this, to the different parts of this journey from uh, various places. And there has to be some compassion and understanding for the road that our fellow man has traveled. And so that helps me even to deal with egoic and volatile and destructive behavior in a better way, understanding you must have some things you're dealing with. Well, no, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that you saw them, like you could visibly look at their posture and realize it was like there was metaphorical weight on their shoulders. Um, And it's one thing to... The mind and body correlation is real. When you realize how to unpack your own luggage, you can immediately recognize when someone else is carrying weight. And um, it's interesting to give the opportunity to speak about that to, I think, teenagers because typically, like, we don't grow up with the language of saying, I'm overwhelmed, this stresses me out, I'm tired. We just know we don't feel good, but we don't necessarily know why. Like, cause and effect, just brain developmental stages, you don't necessarily associate cause with effect yet. Mm -hmm. Your frontal cortex is still developing. So your decision-making skills are not necessarily impaired. They're just not all there yet. Mm -hmm. So it's a very genuine fight-or-flight response, but it's still very much a fight-or-flight response. And it can be very loud. Back to the noise. All right, so um, talking about the the self-awareness piece, it reminds me a lot of the programming that we're doing with Masterminds. It's the the group of gentlemen that I do work with. And um, it seems to be like a really ubiquitous theme, like a part of the growth process, Um, especially as we do like our our Young Masterminds initiative and the, the camping to connect. We're taking these teenagers out of the urban context and we're putting them in the woods and teaching them how to hike and purify water and cook over an open flame and ironically enough like having nature as a background seems to be one of the like major ways of removing like distraction 
Um, and that's how they get to remove the noise for themselves. What was it like working with the specific demographics that you worked with when you made this movie? Challenging, nerve-wracking, annoying. Yeah. Um, it pushed me in ways that uh, I didn't know if I was going to overcome. Being introduced to the classroom of participants was, I would describe it as being the uh, uninteresting girl in a, in a room full of other interesting things. So hmm. it was, hey, are we going on a ski trip? Oh, what about, uh, I, I need my paperwork signed for class. Girl, what did you do last night? Oh, I really like your hair. So the focus for this particular group, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there's this. Um, and it's hard for me because as an empath, I can really see what what's behind what's behind the facade. So one girl wants to be the center of attention. One boy just doesn't want to be there. Um, somebody else is just not interested in what's happening. So there is there were challenges to overcome with behavior, perception, desire, ability to see themselves as storytellers. Um, it wasn't their norm. Mm -hmm. So I, that's just, I, interestingly enough, I said, this is not my ministry. I, I can do this program with a room full of students interested in learning about broadcast media. But what was re, the turnaround, the paradigm shift came when there were the, the two to three that were interested, yeah. that then their interest attracted their peers and classmates. Well, what are y'all doing? Well, I, I want to be the director. Well, you know, I want to be the script supervisor. So it took one or two leaders to corral the group. And mm -hmm. then watching them get invested in the process, I pushed through um, I pushed through those circumstances. And we ended up, they ended up surprising me, Daddy, to be very honest. They ended up surprising me hmm. with their investment level. So you essentially learn how to breed leaders within a group. In a group where there didn't seem to be any leaders in a positive way. I saw leaders. I saw alpha energy. You know, I saw class clowns. I, I saw leadership. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see leadership in a way that I felt could breed any kind of real success out here in the real world. Okay. And I was wrong. Because if you can lead in that environment, you have the tools. They just need to be directed in mm -hmm. the right in the right way and it was my responsibility in that moment to do it so I could have rose to the occasion or quit on them okay. and and both things were an option uh, the second one not for me not for me because I, I've had this conversation with you before about wanting to see more people who look like me in all facets of production mm -hmm. and when I'm out working with network clients I don't see myself I don't see many black females mm -hmm. I definitely don't see black men behind the camera so it was it was great to be able to give them something to think about as a as a career option that they didn't think about before because right now those kids have jobs that they're just trying to make it mm -hmm. they're just trying to get by they're trying to help family members with bills which is funny because now what dictates what a kid is because it's not uncommon at all especially with the group that you were dealing with to have a 14 15 year old who's responsible for helping to put food on the table and they have some of them have children yes of their own so they're like, I don't have time for this extracurricular. I have things to do and bills to pay and kids to look out for, whether they're, it's their own child or a sibling. Mm -hmm. So it almost felt like, <laughs> it almost felt like, is this a waste of our time? Because we have other things to be doing. I got bills to pay. It's like, you can't even vote yet. 
And yet. And yet, you're doing so much. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, there's that. Okay, so then what was your takeaway? Because it seems like you went through, like, a BC and an AD. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good way to put it. Right. That's a good way to put it. My takeaway was, um, I'll say it, I I was too judgmental going Mm in. Um, and then I doubted myself a bit of whether I had the patience or the or the bandwidth to be able to uh, vibrate in that space. Okay. Um, so I learned that there was something there is something that connects us all and it takes a bit of compassion and a bit of understanding and a bit of um, letting go of my ego. You think I want to be in there talking about my career and my experience as a, as a professional filmmaker to some people that aren't interested. So, you know, I, let me mm-hmm. pick up my ball and go home. Absolutely. If you guys don't want to hear about how great I am, you know, not that. Cause I'm obviously, I'm not that I'm kind of person. Money. Right. <laughs> Y'all need a career. I'm not that person. Right. Yeah. That wants to be the center of attention, but I certainly don't want to be in a room full of people who don't want me there, but they did not know that um, filmmaking could be a real possibility for them. Which brings me to my next point. At the end of the day, there are at least a small handful of them for whom you made dreams a bit realer. Mm. (laughs) How does it feel knowing that? That has to be a takeaway for you. You know, I'm thinking about Tyrell specifically because the young man has wanted to act since he was nine, and he's been serious about that. And so when we were at a screening for the project last night, at the uh, at the high school in which we did the program, and being able to talk to his mom about him wanting to go to Clark Atlanta University. First of all, shout out because I took my media courses at, at CAU, and the media program has just continued to grow. Mm-hmm. But knowing that New York is after him to come and audition for their uh, a performing arts school in New York, and they told his mother, um, "Okay, if you can't make it here with him, and you don't want to make it here with him because he really wants to go to the HBC, mm-hmm. um, send a tape." They still say tape, but he's able to submit noise as something that he's done. And it's textured. I mean, it wasn't a play and it definitely wasn't a comedy. It was heavy content. So it's able to show his range as an actor. So that much I appreciate. His best friend, Lauren, who was also an extra in the film, she had a um, a feature speaking part. She, too, wants to go to Clark Atlanta. They've been on the same trajectory. And um, her being able to use the project to show um, her depth. The young lady who was a script supervisor, she was already, and that's the thing that I had to learn, figure out what their strengths are and then move them forward in the film industry or in a facet of the film industry that aligns with those skill sets. One young lady was a fantastic script supervisor. I'm talking about to the point my DP and I talked about how we could get her paid work on production. She has barely graduated high school mm-hmm. we were like okay this is where you excel i mean when i say this young lady kept us on point like nope he didn't have his he didn't have his earbuds in on the scene so she did everything a script supervisor was supposed to do one young man found that he was interested in the camera mm-hmm. so we have a, a a young guy in the 11th grade learning how to build and break down a red and execute shots so some of the scenes in noise was shot by this young man that's Be- a six-figure skill it's a six-figure skill i mean I know some uh, some up and coming cinematographers who get work who don't really know how to build uh, a red. So, and this young man learned in that session. Um, set design, photography, uh, assistant directing. These are all skill sets that these children had in the in in terms of things that were inherent to them. Mm-hmm. They learned how to apply it to filmmaking. That was amazing. So then again, it turns back to me like, and then you almost quit on this 
So uh, it let me know that uh, uh, I had to increase my bandwidth. Mm-hmm. So what did you decide to focus on now? Because it sounds like you there are a lot of noises that you either quieted or like changed well, the frequency on. In spe- specifically to this program and working with the students, I changed the frequency. Mm-hmm. The noise was the noise. And that's why I tell people the noise is the noise. Um, what you then have to do is even when you're watching the short film, you can pick out some of the bits and pieces in the frequency if you listen. Mm-hmm. It may take a few times, okay. right? But if you listen to it, you can hear uh, voiceover number one all the way through all the voiceovers. But in the in the middle distortion, you can hear pieces of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell people when you are going through a series of negative thoughts, take them all out and isolate it. Mm-hmm. Like 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 what an audio engineer would do, isolate each thing and hear it clearly. Is this true? No. Okay, so we're moving that and address it one by one. And then I said, on is it true that these kids have uh, no interest? On the surface, it is, but what if you make it interesting? Okay, so it's a lie that they're not interested. Um, do they really see themselves working in the film industry? Well, they would if you presented it in a way that they could embrace it. So I just took out the distortion, isolated the sound, addressed it issue by issue, and then was able to block it out and and vibrate on another frequency, if any of that makes sense. Vibrate, hi. Sorry, whenever I hear really, really smart, like intelligent lines, I think of Goody Mob songs. (laughs) 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 I really do. All right, um, we're gonna bring it in for a break. Let me cue that music up on point. So, yeah, no, just really taking this time to reinforce the power of focus and meditation. Um, As we discuss noise, I would definitely like to extend this time period for everybody to just stop what you're doing. Feel your body. Breathe deeply. What are your hands doing? Is there tension in your neck and your shoulders? Relax your jaw. Let your tongue sit in the the middle of your mouth. You know what I mean? Um, And just feel these grooves. Whatever happened this morning, whatever's going on this afternoon, whatever you're worried about at the end of the week, let it go. Be in the moment, be here, and be now. Change the frequency on the noise. So that was that was a really good breath of fresh air. I felt that. I'm glad Listen, you did I that. felt that in my core, in my solar plexus. You know what I mean? I needed that. Perfect. So um, definitely a lot of what we discussed reminds me, I know we probably have done a, a, a shameless plug earlier, but it feels very familiar. I know a mastermind right now, um, which is um, a group that was established back in 2017. We just really wanted to be a resource hub for today's progressive man. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we realized there was a lot of unlearning, unlearning and reprogramming that as human beings, we had to experience for ourselves in order to get to the places that we wanted to be as men. Yeah. And um, we realized that not only were we not alone, but there are, there's a multitude of other people who are looking for these communities and these networks. And we really expanded that idea and it ended up turning much like filmmaking is for you into a community endeavor. Yeah. And... Um, working with 
with teens has given us a very, very different perspective on what it looks like to not only be a leader, but to learn how to, I guess, address a lot of the problems that we deal with as adults because we realize so much of that the trauma is, is rooted in our childhood. So much of us, well, many of us end up in that position where we see a lot of ourselves in the kids that we work with. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm grateful for what you're doing with Mastermind and yeah. uh, Elemental because, listen, these one of the things I thought about, these young men are going to be somebody, some, somebody's problem later. Exactly. Whether it's at, in the office or, uh, you know, on a team, in a relationship, in a friendship. I've been all of those. You've been that problematic I've, person. I've been the problematic person. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like what you said before. It's easier to see when people are carrying certain types of weight because you know exactly where it comes from. You know what that weight looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. you know what it feels like to carry. So um, bringing it to the next piece, um, we're going to talk about noise quite a bit in the, the uh, next coming weeks because it's going to be the focus of our next elemental project. I'm so excited about that. Um, you know, working with uh, the D- DCPS program, yeah. I felt um, it was great to be able to do that. But I, noise has has a bigger reach. Yeah. And I'm thankful to you for understanding that and being willing to introduce it into your program. Well, no. Nah, so, I mean, let's let's get into that. Like, first and foremost, like, what is an elemental? Um, so the elemental project is a brainchild of ours. And really with the elemental project, we break down um, basically man, not strictly men, but man, right, as a mammal. It's like, what are the major components? What are the elemental pieces? What are the building blocks? So you have you know, spirit, mind, body. And we really like to have these salon-style conversations that ideally will lead to initiatives around a given theme. So, you know, we've had one, and it was just tapping into your spiritual warrior. Another one was a business incubator. Uh, Another one was, you know, a Zen Cave event, which shouts out to the homie Courtney, um, where we discuss the principles of uh, alpha male and alpha female energetic principles and how oh, they apply gosh. to society. Oh, gosh. That's, that's a podcast. Is that the next one? Uh, might could be. We gonna, so you're going to have to Oof. stay tuned. You're going to have to stay tuned. But uh, we really wanted to make noise the topic for the next one because we're really, really honing in on the work that we do with the youth. We realize that if we want to create the future, you have to give the keys to the people who are going to be here to create it, which is the ones coming up behind you. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Um, as far as this goes, I'm really excited to – number one see you on this panel because there was one that you all had last night at the screening um and you mentioned the what was it the the script writer the co-script assistant yeah so uh i i conceived noise wrote it but really needed a young voice right i really needed a i really needed a young voice to help me to Get the dialogue right for teenagers. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, Anaya Red, uh, shouts out to Anaya Red. Um, she was a beast last night. I like the way she presented I, herself. JD, this is what you have to understand about Anaya. I had never seen before her being so brave and so vocal and so demonstrative in her convictions. That was a, I could have, I know, did you watch me? I, I literally couldn't take my eyes off of her mm-hmm. because, um, I don't know where she found that voice or where she found her voice, but she found it and used it. What was it like for you to to, to listen to her? Well, that was sort of like looking at a, a teenage version of self as well, just because I remember being like 15, 16 years old sitting on community panels. 
And um, it's cool to see it. Like you feel like a bit of the weird kid. But if you listen to her story, that's precisely what she was. And she definitely made it a point to walk in that a bit more defiantly than I would have at the time. I was still sort of trying to play both sides. But I she was, just had, I had she the, was my, open book my with neck it. snap back. And yeah. I thought, she when plan. did baby girl find her voice? She's, uh, when I'm, I used to, I had a nickname for her. I called her Scrappy. Mm-hmm. And she was offended. What does Scrappy mean? I looked it up in the dictionary. It means like, you know, unkempt. I said, no, no, baby. I'm saying you're a fighter. You're Scrappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just didn't use her words the way that she used them last night. Mm-hmm. It's what's wrong or not? Nothing. Well, I mean, well, what does that mean? Why aren't you participating? I, I, I just don't want to. I don't even recognize that person, which lets me know that number one, growth happens rapidly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, growth can happen instantly. Growth can happen when you're ready for growth. And she just emerged in the most amazing way. I'm I'm still, that was one of my high, my biggest takeaways from last nah, night. No, I really need her at the table. The fact that she even got on the panel. And it was on like some, she kept it real around the way. She had on the sneaks, a sweatshirt, and oh. like some pajama pants. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. This, this is what y'all getting Oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. You know, you know what I worry about? Mm-hmm. Adulthood and the world beating that out of her. Mm. I want her to grow that voice. Mm-hmm. And not allow it to be silenced. And I think things are different now with this generation. They are finding their voice and keeping it. Um, Gen um, Gen X and uh, the generation before us, it was sort of like, uh, I'll adapt and just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. This is the, no, we're burning the shit down generation. Yeah. And then we're going to build it the way we like things, mm-hmm. you know? So that was just my concern, being older than she is and understanding um, a different dynamic, but then embracing and hoping for a new time where Absolutely. this young lady can find herself and keep keep moving and growing in that direction. Nah, it was it was powerful. And then seeing her and Tyrell. Tyrell, yeah. Yeah, next to each other on the same stage. Um, nah, I, I think that's going to be an incredible and, conversation. And you know what else? Um, as I mentioned at the panel last night, she so the way that the picture opens is okay. it opens with all the negative chatter right yeah. in the and so those lines of dialogue one of the cruelest coldest meanest lines was mm-hmm. one conceived by Anaya which is when Tyrell or DeMarco's father says um I need to ask your mama for a DNA test you act more like you're my daughter man up mm-hmm. Uh, I said, where did you even pull that from? How do you even Probably know? real life. How do you know vitriol that deep? How do you know that that's a thing? This is a young black child at this point. I can't even call her a young woman at the time. She was 16. She's 17 now. Oh, um, that's, that's. You, you, how do you, you know got, this yeah, to no, say? So here's the funny thing. There's, and this is a real, not necessarily at all like a point of contention, but I think the veil of what childhood is mm-hmm. is so different now than what it was a generation and a half ago. Like by the time you are 11 or 12, just by cause of the internet or, mm-hmm. um, you know, cable or just the fact that life moves at a different pace. I think childhood is a bit quicker. Um, you sort of have to grow, like the, the learning curve is much shorter. And so when you, have folks that are above a certain age point mm-hmm. trying to communicate and connect. It's like they're 16, so they're not quite grown, definitely not the same way that you are, 
but they're not quite a kid. Yeah, I think about what it was like for either. me to be 16. Because, I mean, there's an age difference between, there's a generation gap between you and I even. Absolutely. And thinking about, even you thinking about being 16 again, it's not the same 16-year-old nah. that we encounter. These are definitely not the 16-year-olds of my generation. Yeah. Um, so we don't even really have a playbook on how to deal with them. Nah, throw that out the window. So thank you again to Anaya for like, you know, I, what happened was I was writing and I was in their offices. Mm-hmm. And I said, come here for a second. She was in there. And I said, um, is this how y'all talk? And she was like, what? Nah, like we don't say that. That's not what we say. So that's how she became my co-writer. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't talking at them, mm-hmm. over them beneath them yes so uh we 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 are gonna just learn this thing as we do it there is no handbook right that's i always applaud like once once you elders who are able to i guess reform elders who are able that's elders, another podcast elders who are yeah elders who are able i i, I cling to those like okay cool because you actually have the wisdom so you can't go nowhere and you're willing to actually try to translate because that's the biggest stumbling block. And that's I think the intergenerationally. Thing. You know, um, uh, before the break, you asked me about working with this group. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I was an elder who was able. Uh, and I feel like I may be turning into an elder who's able. Well, did you care to? I think that's the real question. I cared, but I didn't think I had the tools to, uh, to line my level of care with and skill together to be able to do it. I mean, you based know, on the need. Based on the need. Okay. Now we're through it, and we and I learned that I could. But um, the other part is people are waking up rapidly, um, and in larger numbers, mm-hmm. and this transcends age, race, boom, culture. Like, I have a good friend who cuts hair at Best Cuts on um, Georgia Avenue. Shout out to Marty Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at this brother, and I've had this conversation with him before, so he will not be offended when he hears this podcast. He's just like a street dude, right? Yeah. Just, you know, a regular DC dude. Uh, but I have had some of the most mind-blowing, mystical conversations with him. He's a seer. Mm-hmm. He's an empath. You would miss it if you're just judging Mo by looks, right? Mm-hmm. He he's a henny and coke dude, a regular degular, right? We go to speakeasy. I'm like, they they there's they beauty in that. Though. They there's don't have henny and coke here, but he's a henny and coke guy. But also, he's the one who can look at your palm. He can show you. Um, he I always ask him when I he's my backup barber. So when I have to go in for a cut or when I need to go in for a cut, uh, I'll don't say, don't introduce him as the backup barber. You he knows he's the backup. Listen, he's always like, I know, <laughs> he knows I'm, I know, I'm, I know I'm the backup barber, but I go to him for the conversation. OK, so I go in and I say, what color is my aura today? OK, and he'll look and he'll tell me. And he he predicted a trip to um Korea before I knew I was going to Korea that way um that that thing he predicted some growth areas I was like this doesn't I'm not on that trajectory then I came back I was like hey guess what and I went in for a haircut one day and he had his headband on so what you get your headband on for Mo he was like I am picking up way too much the frequency is too much if your mind isn't open you think that that's just mumbo jumbo hocus pocus woo 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 yeah but again people are waking up rapidly in larger numbers, and it's transcending any of the things that we believe separate us physically and spiritually and economically. And that is what's encouraging. And it's timeless. It's creating people that age differently. Like, we always Man. joke about, like, the eternalism of Pharrell and them, but, like, literally, it's, I think there's a new wave of people whose age you really can't discern. Right. 
we are starting to see more evidence of people getting it that mm-hmm. what's going on in here yeah. comes out in here. Thoughts I, are things. They I have mass into I don't space. look like I'm going to be 43 next month. You don't. Month. Okay. That's what I'm, you are actually one of my examples. Like. Because what's going on in here is constantly regenerating me. Mm-hmm. Right? So you notice someone who's, we've all worked in, a, you've worked in an office environment before, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, here comes Karen. You know, Karen's dog died. Her husband's no good. The kids don't listen. She don't like the minivan. The tires need to be changed. And she can't get off these cigarettes. She know they're bad for it, but she can't stop smoking. And Karen walks in the office, and everybody's like, yeah, Karen is here. It's a big uh, energy umbrella, right? And you get sucked in if you understand that you can separate yourself from those circumstances. Yeah. But if Karen could really, like, parse through unpack a bit mm-hmm. realize that she has the power to change her circumstances she'll start looking better mm-hmm. hair won't be as oily energy won't be as negative and um so that's another thing that encourages me and that's why i feel like when we think we don't have the tools those of us who are waking up and and waking up more and steadily waking up and remaining awake because you can't unknow what you know Facts. and once you know you're accountable boom so yeah. um we are learning how to be and exist with each other and learning that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I actually think the people who suffer with issues with racism, uh, xenophobia, and all the other phobias against other people uh, just have not yet tapped into the fact that, oh, no, we're all connected whether you want to be or not. They just are asleep to that fact. So uh, I think that once we do the inner work within ourselves, it's contagious. Okay. And then we keep spreading that good thing person to person. So whenever I get overwhelmed by thinking of all the things that we have to do, right, helping people block out the noise, I was asked last night, well, how do we guide these kids into a better understanding of how to block out noise? That's not an easy undertaking. Yeah. Um, But it becomes easier once we understand everything that connects us. What would I have in common with a 16-year-old, 17-year-old black boy? A few things. More than you think you do. More than you think you do. But what does that black boy with insecurities and fears have in common with the 62-year-old white man? More than you think. That so. actually, not, not really. So funny, one of my fondest memories of childhood is uh, we used to have these, these room houses mm-hmm. um, that my grandfather built. And they were all sort of like half the street was either people we were related to or people that lived in stuff that we built. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just sit on the porch like as a six-year-old and just talk to the tenants. And, you know, old drifters from Louisiana, like refugees from Hurricane Katrina. Oh. And those were like, those were my first buddies that I would sit and chat with. And the relatability is, is pretty ubiquitous. Like if you're tapped in, I think there's a thing that makes us all human. I went back into your memory as you were telling that story. And, that, and I felt instantly warm. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it and feel it. And I now understand why at barely over 30, you have so much depth to you. Because at an early age, I don't even know that you knew you were doing this, but at an early age, you set yourself up to be connected with the deeper world around you by inviting others to share their experiences and you share their experiences. That doesn't happen for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's happening more. It's happening more. Because we all can do it. We all can do it. Yeah, and so with that being said. But also, I gotta say this, I also think it's because you're a leader. And um, leaders have, at an early point, leaders are given options at this fork in the road. Okay. And it's not overt. There isn't some, hey, this is the fork. So I'm going to give you a choice. Walk into your leadership role Mm -hmm. or 
come by it the hard way or never at all. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out what happens that makes us take the path that we take and others take the path that they they take. But you definitely had a choice and you went the way of accepting that you're a leader and what's required to grow that ability to lead. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that and impressed by you for at an early age understanding that there's value in sharing your, your six-year-old experience with grown drifters. Legit. Um, but I think that's the point in, in everyone. Like, you can learn something from everybody. And I think that's what the entire power is between conversations like this that's really what inspired us to do the Elemental Project because we want to get people back connecting. Um, we become detached. And it's scariest, I think, with the younger generations because there are more distractions that simply were not available 15 to 20 years ago. Like, we have more computing power than the first Apollo space shuttle in our phones. Yeah. Like, think about any question we want to know. Like, if we were to take a smartphone and go back to, like, Paleolithic age and say, all right, cool, so... Here's this thing. It's essentially a magic wand for the universe. We use it to look at videos of cats and argue with strangers. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. Um, and um, it's, it's a matter of focus. Like, how do you teach that? By first calling out the matrix. Okay. Right? Like, the pulling back the curtain and revealing that Oz is just a scared dude. Um, so that's the first thing. Really breaking down the power of social media and making it not all, not as interesting as they think it is. So what I mean is, um, hey, you know that's not real, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's this, it's essentially, social media is essentially Oz to me. It's this make-believe place that was created to bring us together but is dividing us. So I think you take the Santa Claus off of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, it was really your mom and your daddy to put the presents under the tree. Um this isn't real life, nor are the number of likes or the number of comments mm-hmm. or the validation that you're receiving from this um, adding anything to who you are. Strip that away from them early and now-ish. Okay. Um, so that's like one of the first ways. Like this, you know, taking that rock and breaking the glass. Okay, so removing the veil is, is your, your plan of attack. Yes. Okay. That's first and foremost because they live in this matrix. Right. And it's hard to. I mean, you have parents who have acquiesced to the point of allowing their children to go to school with these devices and the classroom. Listen, I get it. Technology and we need to be forward moving. Absolutely. But I think that there needs to be a balance because um, there are good things about the good old days. You know, Sunday dinners are great. Sunday dinners without the TV and without a device are great. We don't even know how to go on dates without the phone. Or I have to put it here. Do you have to? Because remember when there were pagers and before there were pagers and then the person that wanted to get in touch with you had to just wait until they could get in touch with you. But the, the um, And then the audacity of now. Mm-hmm. There is an audacious uh, sense of entitlement for people to feel connected to you. They're, they're, these kids are being pulled in so many different directions. Respond to me now. Respond to this now. Um, react to that now. They don't even have the time to unpack the noise in their mind. So that's why I'm saying uh, bust down the facade and reveal it for what it is. That legit is probably the hardest hurdle, um, or the highest hurdle, rather, that the kids have to get over when we do the first day of the Captain to Connect because we confiscate phones. And exercise one, before we do that, exercise one is taking off your shoes and socks and standing barefoot in the grass. Earthing. Exactly, grounding, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, son, I'm from East New York, be like, I ain't gonna hold you. 
I ain't never stood barefoot in the grass in my life, yo. Well, yeah, you live in the city. Like, this is what clean earth feels like. This is what clean air smells like. Like, yo, Mr. JD, this water hit different. <laughs> well, it's because it came from a lake right next. It, it hasn't been putrefied yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, and so the experience of organic existence. Yeah. Um, it's really uncomfortable for people off bat because if you don't know what a real cherry tastes like, you've been eating canned food your whole life. Listen, real fruit tastes weird. Yeah, you so, but you bust down that matrix and then yeah. you start exposing them to organic and what's real. That's how that's how you get to them. That's how you make them understand and connect to the world around them to be able to touch and to feel like that child needs to know what it feels like for their bare feet to hit the earth that they have dominion over. But that's a whole nother conversation. Even that's another podcast. Dominion, that's another podcast. It's about yeah. four, other, four other podcasts out of this In this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, we actually we might have to wrap it up soon because we're coming up on that time. But um, thank yes. you so much for your time today. This was one of my favorite conversations of the day, JD. I'm taking it with me. Thank you for having me again. And thank you for what you and the, the fellas are doing to – um, you know, expose the matrix and and help these young men um, understand who they are. So I I, I would want to uh, thank you for that and encourage you to keep going. Okay, for those who want to know what else you've done and who want to you know keep in touch with your movements because you're definitely a light traveler yourself. How do they find you? Um, so I the only social media I have again when you expose the matrix and you can't be caught up in it. Uh-huh. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. I only have one uh, social media platform and that is Instagram. It's at onreal a u h n r e e l. Twitter was way too time consuming. Don't give me, I never I, every time I make one I, I just listen. It fails. In 2010, I got off Facebook and never had a desire to get back on. Um, and you know. I ain't that interesting on uh, on Instagram. It's just, you know, photos and captions. But you can find me there. Bit of an understatement. Also, you have really good photos. Also on Vimeo, there are a couple of pieces, mm-hmm. um, some commercials that I've done, um, uh, trailers for a couple of docs that I worked on, and noise is there. So if you visit my Vimeo um, backslash on real, you can find noise. And I hope you guys enjoy it. It's always time to get noisy. Uh, <laughs> you can find me... Uh, Facebook, j.d.weatherspoon. That's W-E-A-T-H-E-R-S-P-O-O-N. This is the first segment of the People I Know podcast, live with Annika Young. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your heart, and above all, your ears. Y'all stay groovy.